What's up, guys? Welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast. I am your host, Jake. I've got fellow host Tom here with me. And we will be without our usual intro man, Aiden, today. He's out celebrating his birthday tonight. So we'll uh, give him a pass for missing this one. Uh, but he'll be back and ready to go next week when we resume our Foundations of Freedom podcast. So we're really, really excited to be getting that one back up and running. That was a pretty successful successful segment for us. And uh, we'll have a lot of really great content coming your guys' way in the next few weeks here. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, we are joined by a guest, Joe. First time on the podcast. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I understand that uh, you're a music guy and um, are interested in discussing music in general, in particular, patriotic music. So um, I guess if anyone in the audience took a wild guess on your background and said you went to Wyoming Catholic College, they would be correct. You, uh, like Tom or a fellow alum, put a pretty good pipeline of guests here that if all contributed pretty well to our show. So happy to have you on. And um, you maybe just want to share a little bit about yourself and what intrigued you about coming onto the show and discussing music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so you've pretty, you, you know, you hit the, the big thing, WCC graduate 2021. Um, I had a four years in the music program there. Uh, in the choirs, helping the choir masters, directing a choir. Um, so once I got out of college, I definitely was looking for that, keep that niche in my life. Um, since music was not my career, it's never going to be my career. And um, got involved in my parish, uh, one, well, one parish over from me Holland, in Holland, PA. And um, started cantering, got in with a music program there. Uh, we do at our parish a patriotic concert every year, July 3rd. Um, we team up with the Verity Band, which is a 100-some-odd-year-old concert band from Norristown, PA, which is not far from Philly. Um, so we have them come and play, and then they have a couple of parishioners come and um sing usually there's um one canter uh i went to the show two years ago and then thought you know it'd be worth getting uh getting involved so i spoke with the monsignor spoke with the director and for two years now consecutively i've uh gotten to sing the patriotic show uh it's a two-hour program with just a huge lineup of music broadway disney uh, for the families and the kids, but also your American classics, your wartime songs, um, rock and roll, and you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, quintessentially American, Jersey Boys, um, and then culminating with a fireworks show, if the show is outside, and Stars and Stripes Forever. And so driving home from rehearsal a couple weeks ago, um, I thought, thought to myself about what you guys are doing here um and just thought it'd be really really cool to talk about patriotic music music in the context of america uh because i think there's a rich history there absolutely 
and are you involved in any other um like do you do you play gigs with patriotic music or is it mainly just your just your parish it's really so the, the concert goes on tour and that's about it so okay last year we played three shows one at the parish one uh in the band's hometown of Norristown, and then we would take it to uh a retirement home for uh nuns um in um malvern pa and so this year i'm going to be in law school by the time we take it on tour so i won't be able to do the second two shows um but the big one's the the parish show we had 1200 people come out this last year on the parish lawn so gotcha that sounds awesome you mentioned law school where are you uh where are you headed I'll be heading out to Ohio Northern University in less than a month. Nice. Good for you. And is that, um, are you going to be pursuing any, uh, any type of music there? Music groups? I wish, I wish, most likely not. I've got a stack of books here. I was showing Tom before we came on here what how many books they are, how thick they are. Um, that's really going to be what I eat, sleep, and breathe for three years. Yeah. Um, so I won't be um, able to do anything out there. I'm hoping if I can get work back home in between years to do the patriotic show at my parish um, throughout. So, gotcha. Yeah, that was the reason I asked. I knew that's a uh, that's a tough schedule to uh, to juggle. You'll definitely have your hands full. Yeah, I mean. Uh, talking offline, Jake, uh, but Joe is going to um, help make a couple theme songs and like an intro for Green Dragon podcast and then oh, okay. like an actual theme song for Life. Yeah. So I think Joe will definitely be a great contributor to what we've got going on. So Absolutely. Yeah, I think a uh, I think a theme song would be good. That's something something we're lacking. We've got the the intro video, the um we've got the paul revere introduction that we do on all, all of our um all of our platforms as a preview but yeah no an in introductory song something to really really give a definition would be uh would be very very applicable so yeah i definitely yeah. have some I've, I've had some ideas and some sketches that i've not gotten to sit down and really work out what that's going to look uh be like yet i haven't gotten to talk talk to Tom and Aiden in detail about it, but uh, it's been a definitely play on the, the Taps theme, play on some, you know, play on some of the more meaningful, it's going to speak to the sort of the, the American ear. Yeah, well, we'll be looking forward to it. Keep us, keep us posted on that. I'm excited. Um, go, speaking of which, um, I was just a little bit curious. I'm sure you have a, uh, pretty good understanding of the history of patriotic music. I was wondering if you could maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, patriotic music sort of this very broad and like just expansive genre uh, that really is at its basic, its you know, broadest definition is expressing a love for a country. It's the people of the country expressing their love for their country. Um, and when we think about what what inspires this 
historically it's music that comes around in times of war in times of national crisis when we as people as citizens of a country band together uh and just find one united identity in our country so um you look at any number of the songs that we hear at july 4th parades and marching bands um they have their roots in the uh, revolutionary war the civil war uh world war one and then you get into the american bandstand style music from world war ii and we were inspiring our troops uh in world war ii we were banding together with the cold war anti-communist songs so a long answer to a short question it really um and it's broadest form it's expressing love for the country yeah i was listening to um music today uh just to kind of listen in more of that idea i, I looked at that link in reference you sent uh talking about patriotic music joe and I started to notice, especially in the anthems for the military, like the Marines anthem, Air Force and Army, it's all based around, it seems like, a, kind of like a jubilee sounding um, theme. Like they go off to war, but they're inspired with hope that they will bring a better future for their families at home. And it seems like that is... Um, a very central part to patriotic music is it's very home-based like you leave to come back um and it seems like it focuses a lot on all of the special moments you have in the land of the free it's um the times you're with your family the things the freedom you have to do and live the life that you want to live i thought it was just really neat to see how especially in like the main themes like nationally renowned, like the national anthem or God Bless America, it's all very centrally based on home. So I thought it was pretty cool. I haven't listened to other countries' patriotic music, but I thought that was a neat theme with America. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with other countries and their their brand of patriotic music, but I, I know what you're talking about, um, especially with the military themes. Um, one of the sort of my, my defining moment, moment in our concert every year is and um an homage to the armed forces and so sing pretty much all of them like all, all branches of the military are represented um and you just you listen to the words and it's that nobility of going off the um uh, tell me not sweet that i am unkind from the nunnery thy chase breast and quiet mind toward arms i fly sort of theme of um you know pursuing this higher cause the the marines were always ready for the call we place our trust in the um very home-centered very god-centered um exciting the air force is one of my favorites my grandfather served in the air force and so um it's just a particularly energetic piece um recognizing the sacrifice of the leaving of the home, the sacrifice 
of potentially dying on the battlefield. Um, the encouragement of these good men, uh, you know, nothing can stop the U.S. Air Force. Um, Coast Guard were all for you. Um, when you look at these words, particularly they are very meaningful. Like, you listen to the song and you feel like you're right there next to all the men. Like, that's such a neat feeling. Like, you feel like you're a part of what they're fighting for. And you just, you feel and want to honor them in some way for their sacrifice, which I think is the idea behind the themes is, like, understanding what they gave up for us. And then being able to sing about the goodness that they brought us through their service. Yeah, it definitely has that unifying effect. Yeah, I, I don't know if you both have heard um, Johnny Cash's song, Those Ragged Flags. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not familiar with it. Okay. I, I just heard it for the first time when I was making dinner. Um, but it it's a song about Johnny Cash coming to this town. I don't know if this is him in the song, but he looks at the flag and says that looks like that one's been a, around a little long, looks pretty old. And then the, the local guy in town gives him the history of how that flag crossed the Delaware and then made it through the Civil War and World War One and Two, and is still staying strong. And it can still take a lot more. And it's such a cool song. I'll just put it in the show notes and share it with you guys. But it it kind of wrapped that whole idea of what America has stood for this whole time. Like a place of freedom for everyone. And how that's been attacked so hard for so long. But we still stand and that flag still stands with us. So it's just like that thing we're talking about. Like. It brings people together and it's that unifying factor over a common cause that just, I think, really speaks about the American spirit. I mean, music has a way of speaking to the soul that ordinary words don't. And so when you're in this time of times of great uncertainty, um, I mean, even when we look at last, you know, in the last couple of years, when as a third party watching um, what was going down between Russia and Ukraine, we see, you know, we felt that as a country, we felt the, you know, the disturbance that came with that. Um, so when we are a nation at war, you know, how much greater that, that disturbance. Um, and so music has a way, a way of inspiring and comforting that just, you know, saying any number of those lyrics, their song lyric, patriotic song lyrics to somebody in that situation may not get through to them. Uh, music, music does speak to them on a deeper, speak to you on a deeper level. Absolutely. And Joe, I know you went through uh, kind of the different eras, World War One, World War II, um, and beginning all the way back in the Revolutionary War. So that's, um, kind of the history of it, but I was curious, are there any modern patriotic artists or songwriters that you, uh, that you are drawn to nowadays? I, I gotta be honest, I'm, uh, 
not not too well versed in modern patriotic music meaning like 2010s and on so i just wonder if you could maybe uh maybe enlighten us on that but since the 80s we have not had many artists come forward and write patriotic music or at least i should say not many make bring public um bring to the mainstream public patriotic music mostly because now so many record labels are international um it's very hard to have this patriotic spirit you know up front and center because it, well it's not it's not trendy it's not cool um at some point maybe there'll be a tiktok trend on it and we'll see it come to the mainstream but uh right now no I want to say there were songs in the early 2000s that uh, paid homage to 9 11. Yeah, um, I, know, I know we had like Lee Greenwood was prevalent early 2000s. I remember he did the um, did the Proud to be American at Yankee Stadium after after 9 11. So uh, I think right. that was like between 2000, 2010, I think was his heyday. But yeah, really. Since then, <laughs> he's the only uh, only modern one I can think of. Yeah, I mean, I think some country artists sort of sit on a fine line between patriotic and just kind of thinking about the American dream. The you know the you know your chicken fried and your your beer and all of that, but just sort of the Americans, the American dream, but not necessarily being a patriotic if we're using the definition we've established tonight. That's more like feel-good music about the country rather than like a tribute to it. Yeah. Do you, are there some songs, Joe, that really speak to you, like that you find particularly inspiring? Um, I love the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Um, I think when you say patriotic song, that is, um, that is the quintessential, uh, the quintessential hymn. I want to say it was set, it was, the, the music had different lyrics originally, and then those, the, the lyrics we know were eventually set to it. Um, but that it's just the melody is catchy the lyrics are just beautiful all the verses not just the first one that everyone knows um but that was you know and i'm going also by like that's something that we sang in, uh, in front of 1200 people that one was always is you know it's considered a fan favorite you got all 1200 people standing up and you know applauding at the end of um you know this recognition of well it's it's a hymn it's a hymn to god um it's an elegy um to christ um so that one has a special place in my heart i love the american bandstand music of the 40s the late 30s and the 40s there's there was this whole like movement during World War II of these sort of lighthearted, tongue-in-cheek songs that um, were just written to encourage 
the American troops overseas, yeah, or wherever they were, um, have yourself a merry little Christmas. I think was in there, or at least I'll be home for Christmas. Was uh, is is one of them. Um, I'll be seeing you. Don't sit under the apple tree. The um the white cliffs of Dover. There's this like whole list of some songs that have more meaningful lyrics. White cliffs of Dover is just talking about you know love and laughter and peace and harmony. Um, but then you've got these songs about you know like don't sit under the apple tree. Don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me till I come marching home. Just these. So fun little songs, you know, um, that both were written for our troops and also acknowledged that the wars fought wars were fought at home as well. Um, we think about the 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 housewives that were not that had to dedicate themselves to the war effort that had to make a lot of sacrifices because food was being rationed, materials were being rationed blackout curtains you know it, well that that was more of a, an english thing um but um you know during the during air raids so um uh, there was there were sacrifices made on all you know both on both sides of the battlefield um at home and in the field so those songs i think particularly you know acknowledge that even in humorous ways. Most definitely. That's, I never really thought of it that way, but that's so true. Like, there had to be something to help inspire through all that suffering on both sides. Yeah. I'm with you, though. I, I, we used to play back at home in the homeschool band, the Battle Hymn of the Free Republic, a lot. And that was always a favorite of mine as well. We had um, a marching band, so we would um, do like six or seven parades, and we all played like the patriotic music. Well, our band, we were called the Patriots, so it fit pretty well. But yeah, it brings back a lot of the memories when I hear those songs from time to day. I'm like, yeah, just me on the bass drum or the snare drum, just going along down the street. But yeah, I like what you shared about the, uh, like those smaller songs that spoke to the housewife and the mom as well as the soldier. What's your take on that, Jake? I think it just, just again, comes, comes full circle to the unifying effect that we discussed and um, you know, we're going from the housewives to the soldiers overseas, still uh, separated by thousands of miles, but um, have that that uh, unifying factor of the music to keep the country intact, even uh, as it might seem like it's falling to pieces during a uh, during an all-out war. So, um, yeah, I guess are there any? Um, are there any songs in particular that you think are, I guess, any patriotic songs that you think are fitting for the time that we're living in right now? Kind of an oddly phrased question, but. <laughs> I, you know, it's, 
a cop-out answer, all of them. Yeah. We, the time we're living in now is an exceptionally self-centered time. We have influencers who are telling people what to buy, what to think. The fitness industry is, you know, either all, you know, great or it's all toxic. Um, you're either in it for the strength or you're in it for the physique. And most people are in it for the physique or obsessed with the self. Uh, and one of the one of the key themes when you listen to any good patriotic song is the humility, the sacrifice of the self, the embracing of the many. And that's something I think we need to we need to be embracing now. I was actually, as Tom was speaking here, I was just thinking about, I will be interested, because the type of patriotic music definitely evolves with, you know, it depended on the war. I mean, when we were in the Cold War, we had a lot of stuff that was very more, you know, um, this land is your land, this land is my land uh, sort of deal. World War II, we had these tongue-in-cheek um, home front songs. Um, the Revolutionary War, we were just making fun of the Brits and the colon and the people who had their allegiance to Britain. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the role of patriotic music or what the role of music will be in unifying our nation, our exceptionally divided nation, in the next American conflict and how will that patriotic music manifest itself? Because history has proven it's been different every time. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. And I think it uh, probably answers my earlier question of why maybe, uh, maybe patriotic music isn't as prevalent as that. It really doesn't fit the culture and that it takes the focus off of oneself and transfers that to a higher cause. So yeah, yeah, maybe it's a little, a little out of style right now, at least in America. You know, when you were speaking, Joe, I was thinking about um, our music class back in school. And we listened to Dvorak's um, Symphony for a New World. And um, have you listened to that one, Jake? Yeah, I think I actually saw that one live one time. Oh, cool. Pretty, so, uh, pretty inspiring. Yeah, I was trying to think of like, you see, because when we listened to it, we all were like, yeah, that really seems American. Like, we just listened to it, like, that makes sense. And I'm trying to think of why it sounds like that. And when you listen to the song, it sounds like you're on a journey, but it feels like you're in a pioneer wagon and you're like seeing the landscape and everything's calm and bam, like something hits you and you have to like contend with it. And then things go back to normal, but then it gets bigger and bigger, like when civilization starts to bustle and things start to get moving. And then you have a lot more... Um, smaller like excitements and then there's like the really big ones when you go to war or something and so it seems like it kind of takes you through that path of like you come to america with nothing 
you find a place to build, you start to set up your homes, your shops, you start to make your civilization, and then you're given all these trials and tests. And it almost seems like the American way is, can you withstand all of those and still have your home? And it seems like that's like the real test of American is like, will you choose freedom or will you choose slavery? And I think every American has to ask that question. But I think the music, especially of like wartime, has us all like, what are we willing to sacrifice for the good we have here? Manifesting that was deep. I was, I was trying to hit that. You know, like I think we're so used to Joe, like, and especially towards human year, getting deeper and deeper into the finding the meaning of things. And so now, like, when I hear something, I'm like, what is like the heart and root of that? And so, I think sometimes I go a little too meta all at once, and then, yeah. No, I. It I mean, the American dream definitely, I mean, endurance really is like part of the American dream. I mean, there's a, I mean, that's why, why they consider The Great Gatsby the great American novel, because it's about endurance. But um, that is the theme of patriotic music. It's, it's our national anthem and, you know, our flag was still there. Um, so you, you are getting at, a, a common thread um you know we came here to escape the yoke of britain we fought a war over it john adams fought relentlessly for our independence to even be discussed in congress to be voted on um we fought a war over it. we fought civil war we fought But, you know, we fought against the Nazis. We fought against communism. Um, we've settled, you know, we settlers come out west. They die of dysentery if you've played the Oregon Trail. Um, and that flag is still there. So you are you are definitely onto something there. I agree. Yeah, it's like... Um... <clears throat> uh, something I've noticed it seems like America is usually always underestimated in what we can do and then there's something inside of us that like rises to the call of duty and we're able to fulfill that mission that task that we're given and on the other side through all that suffering we're able to make something better, which I think <clears throat> really may be more of uh, a human thing because like in life, God gives us trials to test who our character and if we choose rightly, then there's always something good on the other side. But maybe it's like with America, we started out with that choice. Like we weren't born into a country already existing. And even today, we're asked to be a very much, very much of a part of how things are run. 
And so it's almost like we're born into a very young country and we're asked, how will you make this country your own and better off your fellow countrymen? So it seems like a, maybe a, a constant question for Americans especially because with the freedom we have, we're able to do so much. We're able to use our minds and our abilities to create something that's good where we're not handed as many handicaps as maybe a country like Germany or Colombia. So just some thoughts that have been stirring around up there, but yeah, I'm interested what you guys' take is. Yeah. Well, I was, I guess I'll pose another question to Joe. I was curious. Um, I know we mentioned earlier that you're looking to help us out with a theme song for the podcast. So I was wondering what goes in, what goes into the structure when you sit down to write a patriotic song? What, what are you, uh, what goes through your mind? What are you looking, looking to put into that to give it that patriotic effect? Well, I, my creative process is extremely uncreative. I never try to reinvent the wheel. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I usually will start with some, you know, a couple of reference pieces, things that exist and say, all right, I want it to have the same feel, the same emotional, you know, as, as that, you know, this piece that I'd like to write for you guys, I definitely hear taps. I hear um, that sort of inspirational um, call to duty that you sort of hear. I don't want to say like in the Wounded Warrior commercials, but, you know, that's where my, my mind goes and some of the other, you know, American and patriotic, um, you know, pro-American, pro-patriotic causes that we see advertised on television. Um, so that's my sort of my reference point. Uh, when I sit down to write, I just kind of let, let the music um, let it speak to me. Uh, so I, yeah, I always start with something that someone else has done to, and say, that is what I want to aspire to. Now, I'm not copying them. I'm not going to, um, wouldn't be plagiarizing. I'd be, you know, but I, I know... I know what I want to shoot for. Absolutely. And if you, do you have uh, ones that you've written? Have you put out any, uh, anything on YouTube or where can, where can people find you? And nothing patriotic. I do have a YouTube because I do write video game music and I've sort of okay. built a small portfolio um, there. A lot of my work for uh, the video game is on their, um, their official platforms on YouTube as well, but um, my some of my work separately on there is portfolio. I'm very bad at creating con keeping up with creating content. So, oh yeah, no, it's tough with everything else you got going on in school and whatnot. So it's got to almost be like a full time <laughs> full time gig for you right. if you want to really really stick with it. But yeah, and what what video game? What type of video game did you say it was? So um. It used to be a game owned by Disney in the 2000s called Toontown, Toontown Online. Okay. They closed in like 2011, 2012-ish, and then 
some developers got together and said, we have a huge fan base that, you know, their childhoods were defined by this game. Mine was, um, we should bring it back, um, for free, all volunteer. No one's getting paid. Um, that way Disney can't sue us. And, um, yeah, I, I came on board with them in the middle of the pandemic to, to have something to do with my time. Somehow managed to juggle that with senior year of college, and I've been doing it ever since. I now run the audio department there, and I do a little less composing, a little bit more managing. I've got three other composers under me and two sound designers, so I'm just making sure that the team's audio needs are being met and people are keeping up with their deadlines. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, good that you, good for you putting your time to good use during the pandemic. I spent most most of it watching Netflix, so that's <laughs> good, uh, good use of your time. Yeah, do you have, um, do you want to tell a little bit, Joe, about like your other music experience? Because Jake at school, Joe did a lot. He played the piano, so that was fun. And then yeah, I, all the others. I hate talking about myself, but okay. Um, I have been playing piano for 20, 20 years, 24. Yeah, I've been playing about 20 years. Um, I have a unholy obsession with Billy Joel. Um, and so he's the reason I play piano finally got to see him in Houston last year. So that was exciting. Um, sang on and off with choirs, took a couple of informal voice lessons, never could really keep up with anything. Got involved in high school choirs and that just kind of opened up a lot of doors. Um, when I was, when I moved high schools in the middle of ninth grade, I got involved in pretty much everything. Choir, acapella group, concert band, uh, clarinet. Um, handbells um played my fair share of american and patriotic music there too some really excellent pieces um that paid tribute to um american tragedies the columbine shooting um flight 93 so um some, some beautiful pieces there. I've always wanted to sit down and write something instrumental to pay homage to something, but so far other other greater composers have done it better than me. So um, nothing original there. Uh, I took two years of collegiate level theory, music theory in high school, almost went to school for music before I decided that uh, music was a passion, not a career for me. And um, got so when I got to WCC, got involved in the choir there. Um, when our choir director uh, left freshman year, we got a new professor from England who um, needed someone to help him in the office. So I got involved just helping them print music and keep up with the administrative side of things. And that just materialized into having a, a, a second choir under my uh, under me. <laughs> under my direction. So our senior year, we realized we needed two choirs. We had Roman Catholics and Byzantine Catholics on campus. Um, and we wanted to give them equal love musically. So 
uh, I got the leftovers who failed the Roman choir audition, and I got to whip them into a choir of um, somewhat capable singers. And since we were never told to stop, I'm assuming I did my job. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty much Sparknotes version of my background. I've done a lot of music theater uh, in high school as well. So music's just always kind of been a piece of my life. Um, and so I'm very, I feel very blessed to be able to give it back to my community every Sunday, 930. We have, our cantors sing at the front. I refuse to sing at the front. I don't want people looking at me. I sing from the back of the church and people like call the office, the church office. And like, who is this person? Who is this man that sings at the 930? I have to know. Um, and of course, being able to give back to the community on July, the, the evening of July 3rd, um, this year in particular, um, as I said, my grandfather served in the United States Air Force. He passed away in the end of April. And so um, that was this last year was just a really, really good uh, opportunity to just pay tribute to him with the armed forces salute and pretty much everything else. Uh, he was he was not a musician, but his um, his father was and um, he was a music lover. So. Uh, we need as many music lovers as there are music makers, if not more. So, well, thank you for sharing that, Joe. I, I Jake at school, um, Joe would, we had this thing called Open Mic Night, where, um, oh. you just sign up for whatever, and the Joes were always like my favorite because it was like so well thought out. Or at least it came off that way. And then um, always like something surprising got the crowd excited. And yeah, I just, I wanted Joe to share a little bit about his history because I know that it helped a lot of us have great memories back from school. So it's yeah. exciting that he's able to use that kind of skill from music in order to make it in front of some people. Absolutely. Do you draw a pretty big, pretty big crowd, Tom? Yeah. It's the real deal. <laughs> I, I, the one I remember was, and it, I was not trying to be silly. I wasn't trying to do it for an audience. Um, freshman year, our last final first semester was this really, really intense philosophy exam. And no one slept. Everyone was like pulling all-nighters, stressing. I think I was operating on like an hour of sleep, a shrimp ramen, and a shot of espresso at the end of that exam. So I felt like I was going to puke, and I had no sleep, and I was about to go and, you know, fail this test. And I sat down in the hall that we were going to take the exam in. The front room, there was a grand piano. And I just sat down. I play piano sometimes just to de-stress. And I played B Billy Joel's piano. And, like, within the first verse, two verses the entirety of our class has just circled around the piano and we're all like just singing piano man at the top of our lungs and enjoying it you know this moment together as a class uh in hindsight i should have done it well um good night saigon and we'll all go down together uh but piano man was good enough so but it does it music does bring people together that's awesome Good way to use it. Use your uh, talents 
in a way that's uh, contributing to. I'm sure that's all good. Probably loosened up the rest of everybody. Everyone else in the class, did everyone ace it? Ace the test after that? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> there were worse exams in in later years, but that one was just particularly intimidating. Yeah. Did you at least do well on it? Did it help you? The pre. Uh, I think I. I, I think ritual? I blacked out for like that like that that test. I don't remember anything about it. It was an afterthought after that. Yeah, I just had like that. a just a, an out of body experience. Yeah. <laughs> that happened a lot to us, Jake. Like, um, especially junior year math. Like everyone went in. All like we were so prepared. We we had spent I don't know how many hours with our math tutor. We had nailed everything from practice study guide. We were ready to rock this thing, and we go in there, and everyone sits down, smiles. We open the first page. Frowns came on everyone's faces. I knew we were in trouble when some of the smartest people in our class like opened the book and they're just kind of like. <laughs> everyone just went white yeah and then it was it's funny in retrospect but like people started to leave crying and like it was it was serious like wow everyone was like do you know what this is and, like everyone was like no and then we we're like just looking at each other like hoping the time would pass and then we just like did around the pages like hoping something would come out and it was quite a nightmare but we had a few of those it was, it was rough, to say the least. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I know that feeling, but for me, it was just from not studying. I can't imagine actually putting the time in and uh, then getting the actual test and not <laughs> have no, having no idea what's going on. Feels like the teacher is playing a cruel trick on you. I my philosophy by my last semester was after like five o'clock six o'clock dinner time like I could study all I wanted it wasn't going in I had learned that about myself like my brain had checked out and somehow I got through the entirety of senior year last last round of finals every night I went to the bar and had a double bourbon and a basket of fries like and it wasn't like I intentionally said I'm going to go and drink my way through finals week it was legitimately like oh I gotta have drinks with this person before I go away and I'm never gonna see them again and oh this person we've been trying to get together for ages and oh the leftovers in the cafeteria tonight I'm just going out um <laughs> just wound up there every single night and like not been like i it's not going to go in and I'm not going to be able to study anymore. I remember one night I said, Oh, let's go get drinks and everyone take a break from studying. And I go into our campus. We have this little bar on campus. I go in there and they're all in there with beer, but they're still studying. And they're like, Nope, well, I'm done. <laughs> you got the wrong idea here. <laughs> Those two don't, don't go together. That was the, the metaphysics exam, which I had already accepted. I was going to fail. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough on a small campus when everyone knows each other. Uh, it's you're almost uh, almost guaranteed to run into someone while you're trying to trying to get your studying done. So that's uh, I mean, how many how many people are at uh, or were at Wyoming Catholic? I guess when you guys were there, what was the? Oh. You, guys, you guys graduated the same year, right? Yeah, 
So what was Total your student. what was your graduating class size? Forty-two. Were we in the forties? Low forties. Yeah, forty-two. I remember. I think okay. so. We started out with fifty-nine. I want to say we're like 60 something. Like we broke some record. We did break Okay. Record. <laughs> we only lost like 19 people and we gained three. Gotcha. But yeah, that, that was, um, I, so in junior year as well. So the same year we had, the same semester we had that awful math final. We also had a terrified music final. And, uh, so the professor that came in from England wanted to show everyone that they didn't know that much. And uh, we were trying our best to cram and like study. So I was with Joe like so many hours getting ready for that final. We were just going over everything. Like how does this work? How do chords work? Um, what's the circle of fifths? All the things. And I... Yeah, like, you can share the story, Joe, but Joe had an amazing mic drop for that final because everyone was, like, freaking out. We were like, well, we were told, like, you'll have three or four hours and you won't have enough time to finish, so just choose your questions wisely. And then Joe just totally mic drops. I So I had already taken pretty much all of the content of that class in high school. So for me, the entire class was this cakewalk very straightforward. Like I was just hearing, learning the same thing a different way. So I was like, all right, cool, great. I get this exam and he's, the professor's basically, he got like three, four hours. He's like, you better take the entire time. Otherwise you're probably going to fail. Like you should take the entire time. And I got through the test in like an hour and I'm like sitting there sweating because I'm like, there's, I can't, I can't go turn this in right now. He's going to, he's going to make me sit back down. Like, I can't, I, I just can't. And I'm like, so I went over and I like triple checked all my work and I'm like, yeah, this is right. This is, there was like one question I knew I couldn't answer, um, one of the essay questions because I, I think I fell asleep in that class. Um, like one of our three hour classes. Uh, where we were just like up in that big classroom in the hot dark room. So, um, I I remember that I took the exam up to turn it in, and I was like, "I'm done, professor." And he was like, "Are you not? Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm done. I've I've like checked the work three times." He was like, "Cool," and I and he like gaslighted me into thinking that because I had gotten done in an hour, like an hour, I was clearly going to fail. And so I walked out of there just sweating and I was like, I'm going to bomb this class. And like, then he hands me, he puts the exams in our mailboxes and I got like an A. It was like this beautiful, like 96, something like that. Yeah, uh, because I was sitting across from the table from Joe. So I see him get up and he just walks over and hands it to him. I'm like, bruh, like, like Joe is the man. Like he just owned this thing. Yeah, I'm over there like double checking, like, oh man, I hope that's right. You know, I think we talked about this, and it was just an amazing moment because we were all so terrified. And Joe was like, no, nah, Doc, I got this. Uh, he made me nervous. He made me, that professor <laughs> made me really nervous because he knew I knew my stuff, 
So I was constantly like, and I used to check in with my professors. We were small enough where you could just be like, hey, how am I doing? Is my participation good? You know, do, where am I on track to get a good grade in this class? What can I be doing better? You could just go and have office hours with him and ask them that. Uh, and he would just like be a closed book. And he's like, if I want you to know, you'll know. And I was just like, ah, that's not good. Really boosts a man's confidence. <laughs> it kept me humble. There was a lot of those moments, Jake, where like, um, I think maybe we should make an anthem, Joe, about being being true WCC, because there were so many times when you would go to class, especially like for um, relativity when you were doing that. Like you go to oh. class, you learn about this huge idea, and then we talk. We 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 do like sample problems in the class that we're like, okay, you know, we could we could do that. We we learn this, and then we're given the practice homework, and it's like three or four steps ahead of what we learned, and we're trying to extrapolate what we learned from how to get there, and so we spent I don't know how many hours collectively, like two hours, like every night we're just standing in front of the whiteboard, like, do you know how to do this? No. We could try this, or we try it, and like that's not the right answer. And it was just time and again and again. It was like I think they're trying to really either make us grow or break us down enough to think we're growing. I don't know which one. Yeah, I oh, used to complain about that so much because <laughs> what they would do. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what they no, would do, good. these math professors, we'd spend an entire class breaking down some formula. I don't know, let's say the quadratic formula. Let's spend 45 minutes writing a proof to show why the quadratic formula works, but not really talking about how to use the quadratic formula. And of course we had people coming from all different mathematical backgrounds. So some people got it, some people were, hadn't even finished algebra one. And, you know, we spend all this time talking about why the quadratic formula works, and then they give us the homework that was used essentially using the quadratic formula. And you'd be like, "There, what do I do with this? <laughs> you didn't teach me this." Yeah, we felt like we were up a stream without a boat or a paddle. Sometimes, like we were in there, <laughs> and we're just hoping we'll make it through. Yeah, I don't know sure it was a good way, there. good way to bond with your classmates, though. Oh, staying yeah. up late, working on the chalkboard, trying to trying to sort through the problems. Tom doesn't stay up late. <laughs> that was the exception. <laughs> Me too. Like I said, it was like by by like six o'clock, seven o'clock at the latest. It was just like I'm not. It won't go in. So. Yeah, yeah. There's only uh, I don't know after ten o'clock for me. Studying wise, yeah, nothing's. Uh, you're not gonna. You know what you know at that point. You might as well close the door. Oh yeah, take the test. I'd rather get a, get a night's sleep and get up an hour early and just yeah. like review one last time. Better yet, go to the gym. Right. Yeah, it's another good thing to do. Get the endorphins running. Get on that high before you uh before you walk in face the test. Yeah, that was something Joe and I kept a good rhythm of. We were um, gym partners. And, like, 
well, sophomore through senior year, Evan Morning was playing so good. And when senior weeks would come up, or uh, finals weeks, we would look at each other like, so I think we just stick to what we're doing. It's working well this far, <laughs> so we'll just get up. But everyone else is like panicking, staying up late, getting up early, trying to figure out how to do everything. And we were like so calm. Like we would just go to breakfast. We are talking. We were even thinking about finals. We're like, we go prep for a little bit, get into the final, and then do pretty well. I mean, except for the, the ones we talked about. But yeah. yeah. No, that's big. Staying loose. That's, uh, that's the key. I always, uh, yeah, I performed the best in my college tests when I wasn't, wasn't overthinking it, putting in oh, adequate yeah. study time and then don't, uh, don't go too crazy, stress yourself out. Otherwise <laughs> you'll uh, have a rhythm, have a rhythm and keep yourself loose. I, yeah. I stayed ahead of the curve with like my, th- my senior thesis. So I had a draft written before my the senior year started. So when the draft was due mid August, uh, mid October, and the entire class is like flipping out and trying to cram. <laughs> I'm sitting at the bar having a beer and watching them all run by, sweating. Uh, must have been nice. That would not have been me. I would have been the one cramming. I would no, have started. It wasn't, it wasn't nice in the end because they're all, I'm like, hey, they're like, shut up. <laughs> You're just isolated then. Like, look at you on your high horse, overachiever. <laughs> Uh, let's play. Those good times. Do you think, Joe, that like you'll still on the side, like do get-togethers with um, your new classmates at law school? Like, I don't know, have music nights or things like that, or what are your hopes with that? I'm gonna wait and see what my rhythm is out there so i know the gym is super important to me so i know whatever my routine ends up being i'm working going to the gym into that i everyone talks about the the workload at law school just being this tremendous freight train of reading most people who go to law school didn't go to wcc which had the higher than normal volume every night of reading difference is you can't triage in law school and you can't skim you have to come briefed on all your cases because they're going to call you out on it and if you don't know how to answer it that's the the real life equivalent of the waking up naked nightmare that everyone has so um i'm gonna wait and see what the volume really looks like what um is going to work for me for studying because i know a lot of law students create study groups kind of like the the the, um the nerd table and um the other the other table in baldwin building um so that may be the socializing for the time it might not be um I definitely want to find opportunities to keep music in my life socially, if not, um, you know, as a break, I will, I will find the music building on my campus and I will find a piano to play. Uh, and that is not a threat that it's a promise. Um, 
And I'll be 45 minutes away from Professor Hodkinson, our former director. He's going to be, he's moved to Marion, Ohio. So I'll have a good, good mass, good mass music to go listen to every Sunday. So. Man, how did he end up out there? No clue. I can't get away from him. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, that's he, he missed me as a work study student too much. Yeah. <laughs> he was like the only person he could hand everything to and he could start drinking. I, I heard that after you left, things got a little crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be great, though. I mean, super excited for you in that next plan of your life and phase. I, I definitely would be a little intimidated, I think, by law, but we definitely need lots of good people to understand that material, how it works, how it functions, and then able to bring that skill to the marketplace. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i intimidated. I'm definitely, but, you know, uh, you know, you taught, you taught me grit. Um, you were one of the people that taught me grit with CrossFit, so uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to flying that in this never-ending cascade of petty cases. And boy, are these things petty! I had to read. I'm gonna have to read one for orientation, and it's like some lady sued her sister because her five-year-old nephew pulled a chair out from under her, and she broke a hip. And the question is, is the five-year-old legally liable? Wow. That's crazy. Is the five-year-old legally liable for battery because he pulled the chair out? So. <laughs> the next time you have me on the show, I'll have the answer to that question. Well, I, I was planning on inviting you back after we get those projects underway and we can talk about it. Yes. With audience. I was excited to hear that answer. I'm thinking right now. I'm like, I don't think you could, Brad. Yeah. No, that would uh, that would really go well. Go well with the podcast, too. Getting that theme song on. And uh, you'll have to keep us posted. Keep us posted on that. I'll be excited when it comes out. But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're coming up coming up on about an hour here. So I just want to say thank you again, Joe, for coming on. It was great, great chatting with you. Um always always welcome back whenever uh whenever available. I know your schedule will be getting a lot busy here here pretty soon. So <laughs> uh maybe sometime, sometime before the end of the summer, we'll say. Right. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll be in touch with you guys. Absolutely. It was an honor to be invited. Awesome. Tom, you got anything anything else to say? Um, I just really thankful, Joe, that you got on and able to talk about these ideas. Um definitely gonna look at music, especially patriotic music more with an attentive ear. And yeah, super excited for our continued work together and best of luck for law school. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you again, Joe. And thank you to everybody who tuned in tonight. As always, feel free to drop a like, share, and subscribe. 
and we will see you all next week. Thanks, guys.